So we have time for some questions or dialogue for a little bit. And then following this, I have one more story to tell you before we end this evening. Please, Jesse, I know you've got people whose little blue hands are up and I'd love to have a dialogue with them. Linda, feel free to unmute yourself. Oh, okay. Am Aren't I unmuted? You? Okay, spotlight. Hi, Hi Linda. How are you? Good. Um, we're coming to the end of the year, uh, um, a sad year for, for most of us as we've grieved for people we've known who've died people around the world who we don't specifically know who died. And um, each year at the end of the year, we, uh, we have an intention setting uh, ceremony around the solstice. And I was wondering this year, what um, in light of the fact that we won't be here together um, physically, um, what, would you recommend for us to do uh we usually have the red strings um and how how can we connect our intentions uh, for the new year what would you recommend to do that um we we know there's going to be huge challenges during this winter um and and yet we're all looking forward to the fact that uh, we're moving forward with President Biden. Um, and I'd like to know how, how do we connect with each other and connect uh, with our own intentions um, in light of the fact that we won't be together here at Spirit Rock? Um, what would be your thoughts on that? Yeah, thank you. So I, I love your question because in some way you're bringing in what we've done over many, many years as you describe on the last Monday night or the beginning of the new year where we'll tie a blessing cord and begin by meditating on what is our deepest intention and uh, uh, where do we find spiritual refuge or sustenance and, and so forth. The beautiful thing, of your bringing it up and describing it is that we've done it many, many years and now we know how to do it. And even you, in some way, you were teaching people as you did it, all right. So now instead of physically holding hands on the solstice or on New Year's Eve or whenever the time feels right to you, go to your sacred place, go to your quiet place, go to your meditation place, Take a cord, if you like, a red cord, you might, or not, or a piece of paper. Quiet your own mind and heart. And then listen, if you were to set the best intention for the year ahead, like setting the compass of your heart, or this is the direction that most matters to me, this is what I want to live, let yourself reflect in that way and then write it. You know, that deep intention. And it might be the, as simple as a kind of vow. I vow to be kind, which we've talked about every year. You know, or it might be something more eloquent 
and poetic, which some people will find like that beautiful poem from the school prayer from Diana Ackerman. I swear I will not dishonor my soul with hatred, but offer myself humbly as a guardian of nature, a healer of misery, a messenger of wonder and an architect of peace. Or maybe you wanna walk in the woods and stand in front of a tree. I speak for the trees, the redwoods and the dogwoods and the maples and the oaks and listen and say, what is it that I want to do to set this intention of the heart and write it down and make a prayer. That's the beautiful thing I've seen in our community and in people all over that even though we're not together in a physical way, that we're carrying something, as you have said so beautiful, so clearly, um, and we have it. So thank you for bringing it in for all of us. Thank you. Hi, uh, Jack, my name's Anne. Um, I'm a new meditator. Um, I, I Wait, Jesse, can you spotlight her? <laughs> oh, great. I am, hi. Um, hi, uh, Jack, um, my name's Anne. I live in South Louisiana. Um, I'm a new meditator. And I'm, I think I'm at a point in my practice where I would probably really benefit from a retreat, which is, you know, probably not going to happen uh, anytime soon. And uh, I have ADD. Um, I'm very, I'm easily distracted. And so I don't know if an online retreat would would work for me. So I'm wondering if you have any suggestions of how I can bridge to what it, some of the gifts that come from being present in a retreat until the time when I can actually do one. So first of all, thank you, Anne, for the question and um, I appreciate hearing a voice from Louisiana, even if, even as I mentioned it, you know. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned the Cajun Navy, and it was just like, oh. My I'm, people. <laughs> I'm not from here, from here, but, you know, I've been here for almost 20 years, so I got here as quick as I could. Um, yeah, my people. Your people. They're, yes, you're some, some very fine people, too. Anyway, um, with ADD, because it's an interesting thing, it's difficult in some way in this culture, but it also is a kind of a gift because it allows you also to kind of be aware of things in, in, a, in a whole different way, you know, not just, not just that kind of focus. What helps you, what serves you to quiet your nervous system and collect yourself? What have you found that's good for yourself? Um, as far as practice goes I've really I, I really prefer just focus on the breath 
And when I'm kind of in the zone with that, I feel like I can move to more of an open awareness kind of thing. Um, guided meditations don't necessarily, they're not necessarily my jam. Um, okay. But um, I have, I, I, like I said, I'm new at this. So maybe about a year. I, I did, did it before, but I've really been diligent about it for the last year. And it's really been quite life-changing, okay? I mean, you know, I'll, no more antidepressants. I, um, It's just been really, it's been really transforming, transformative. And I, I really do feel like I can, there's, there's a lot more out there. And... I've just fantastic, fantastic. By the way, those of you who are listening, we did not pay her for this. This was really no. It's it's really beautiful to hear, and I know it because I've seen it over the years. How people think that it's you know some grim duty when in fact it's an invitation that can change your life. And 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 I hear that from you so beautifully. So let me talk about retreats for a moment because your instinct to do a retreat is a wise one. What we found to our surprise is that online retreats kind of work. I mean, we were thinking, oh God, you know, the, the experience of being together in a collective place out in the country, such as Spirit Rock, is so powerful. But now we've done six or eight months of online retreats. And believe it or not, the, the experience that people report, and it's somewhat fewer hours, you can modulate it so it works for you. There is a kind of collective coming together of having that time um, that works even online. And I suspect even for you, since your practice of breath works, even with the ADD you describe. And what I'd suggest is that you start simply try a three-day retreat, for example, if your schedule allows, um, if not even a day long, um, and you can look online at Spirit Rock or um, other places like that. Um, Insight LA has some online retreats that are very good. And there's an organization called Buddhist Geeks that offers a series of online retreats that are actually also quite good with some Spirit Rock teachers. Look online um, and do it as an experiment. You know, you experimented, you were um brave enough and and i think wise enough some way intuitively to find a meditation with the breath that worked for you and clearly it has and i think you could trust yourself to try an online retreat and it will surprise you and um if it does let me know send I, me I, a message yeah, i surely will thank you thank you it's a pleasure mm -hmm. Jesse, I'm sure there's more. Hi, Jack. This is great. Great. Um, as someone else said previously, this has been such a dark spotlight. This is this has been such a dark year. Um, but I read the can't can't hear. Oh, okay, great. I read I read the other day that um, uh, that seismographs that are put around the world to measure earthquakes have been measuring the facts that the 
vibrations caused by humans on the earth has gone down. The earth is kind of calming down as, as we're shutting down. Um, and it started me thinking about other things that have happened in this year that actually are, are good. Um, friends that I used to see very occasionally, now we have Zoom chats, you know, once a month. Um, and we've had holiday Zoom gatherings that have gathered people from around the country rather than just the people I know who live around here. So I wanted to ask your thoughts about the changes that have happened in this, in this last year uh, that you hope might continue or the good things that might come out of this time. Again, it's a, it's a moving and beautiful question. And in it, you've already started to provide the answer and we, were we together in a room when you raised this question? Because with it, you describe, well, I'm closer to certain friends all around the world. We spend time and connect in ways that, that we weren't able to. I get to live a life that's a little bit more measured and the earth isn't shaking from so many cars and airplanes and people running around. And it's like, that's the beneficial side of what's happened to us. Um, I saw it in my granddaughter's graduation. It was really sad. They didn't have a prom from for high school this last spring. They didn't have all the celebrations. Instead, all the students in her grade, 40, some of them, whatever, it was a small school, they all made a little video and they each spoke. And it was so much more intimate than seeing somebody walk across the stage and get handed a diploma. You saw each of these girls face and say, this is the message, this is what I learned, this is what I care about in the world. Um, and it was surprisingly beautiful and intimate. So I guess I have to ask you, since I don't have a room of people, um, if you were to make a, a wish or a, a hope or a prayer for what we would keep from this time, what would it be? I guess my wish would be that we keep this sense of things slowing down a bit and, and looking inward a bit more um, when we can again interact with each other. Um, I think that's what I would hope. Well, that's a beautiful blessing for us to end the questions on for this time and to carry that hope. And in some way, both the story tonight of Sejo coming back, you know, to reunite in some deep way, what you described from the pandemic has allowed us to reconnect in a stillness and a simplicity that has some beauty to it and something truly nourishing that you don't want us to lose and that we don't want to lose, that our practice also supports us in. So I thank you for that. And I think of the words of the poet Derek Walcott, who says, to fall in love with the world in spite of history to step out of the history and the ideas and time and actually come back to this world as it is, this marvelous world. 
So thank you all who asked questions. I have one more story to tell and as a way to end our evening. For almost 20 years at Spirit Rock on the last teaching, my last teaching night um, before the holidays of Christmas and New Year, Hanukkah, whatever, um, we would collect money in a basket for the soup kitchen in San Rafael, which is our, the nearest town to Spirit Rock, the B Street Soup Kitchen that had been open for some decades. And um, usually it would be a basket full of some five, but mostly $1 bills, like a thousand or 1,500 $1 bills. And I would put them in a, in a bag and go down to the soup kitchen where I had occasionally gone anyway to make a donation or volunteer and bring this big bag of, you know, dollar bills. Um, and sometimes the Spirit Rock staff, someone would come with me and it was just a treat to do it because of the outpouring of the hearts of the 300 people that night who all put money in the, in the basket and, and so forth. And I was thinking about tonight, uh, Christina Taverna who helps organize this at Spirit Rock said she had bought a thousand cookies for everyone, which we've done the last, you know, celebratory nights in previous years. You'll have to take those cookies out of your own pantry now. They're waiting for you after the talk. <laughs> um, but I thought it would still be a beautiful thing for us to make an offering in this time, just given that same spirit that we we're talking about of falling in love with the world and knowing um, that we're not disconnected. And so the organization, and there'll be a little donate thing on the screen that comes from it. Um, the organization that I wanna talk about is a tiny organization or a very small one called IACT, I, small letter I, large A-C-T, and it is as itself described and quite true um, as a small but mighty anti-genocide group. And it was started by a group of friends in Southern California who after what happened in Rwanda said, um, we can't sit by and let such things continue to happen. And so their first and major project for the last 15 years has been in the Darfur refugee camps. And you know how it is with all these crises around the world. Darfur was a big thing in the news for a while, but then it's supplanted by the Rohingya or by Syria or by, we can go on. But the people there, you know, are still there. And IACT has done these beautiful things and the way they work is this, this is part of the story. They went in and they sat down with the women in these dusty, poor camps with hundreds of thousands of people. And they asked the women in circles, what do you want? What do you need? Very different than the normal NGO, you know, the big ones that come in and they have their program to feed people or to organize things and they, they do it from one place to another. They just went and sat with them and listen to them. And what the women said they wanted were two things. They wanted soccer, 
and they wanted kindergarten or preschool for their kids. And they were asked, why do you want these? And they said, we want soccer for our children so that they know that they're part of a bigger world, that they're not left out. And if you look online at IACT, you'll see that they helped to form the Darfur International Soccer Team. All these kids who were playing barefoot got balls and eventually got shoes and went to compete in an international competition, um, Darfur United. And everybody in those camps heard about it and was rooting for them to even get one goal, which they did. But the other thing they did was to create these little ponds to educate, to begin to educate the little children. And that education also gave free time to the parents to be able to go collect fire or whatever, but more importantly, the mothers also wanted it because it showed the children that they could learn and how important that was. And Trudy, my beloved, my wife, um, who's close to them, went to Africa um, to do some teaching in those camps because she has a, a history among many things of early childhood education. She ran a model school for part of Harvard Medical School um, in early education, so it was really one of the things she understood, as well as being a mindfulness teacher. So she went to go to help educate the teachers in each of these little ponds or schools that they had built. And the beautiful thing is that not only were they making schools for these young kids, but in the schools, the kids would get one meal a day, which was a huge thing because many, many were undernourished. And equally importantly, the teachers were educated and had jobs and meaning. And now there's many of these ponds and many teachers and you know hundreds and hundreds of children. And when Trudy came back, she said she had taught them all kinds of skills of how to help children with early development and playful skills and mindful skills and attention things and all the things she knew from her work in early education. And she'd trained the teachers both how to do that and how to center themselves with mindfulness and compassion practices, loving kindness. And at the end, she asked them what was their favorite thing? You know, was it the, was it the mindful games for the kids? Was it the, the various things she taught? And to her surprise, they said it was mindfulness. It was the meditation. And she asked, why is that? And they said, well, our past was so terrible. Our villages were burned. You know, many of the people knew, we knew even in our family were killed. We had to run in the night in the dark across the desert, you know, wild animals. Some of us escaped with our children and our lives. So we can't go back to that past. And we've been in these camps now for many years and we don't know how much longer we'll be here. So it doesn't help us to think about the future in that way. But what you taught us was to live fully in the present where we are. And it helps so much to 
ease our hearts to be alive where we are. So thank you for training us in mindfulness. So my, my invitation for you tonight, there will be a donate button or something on here, Jesse said he would make, is to make a contribution to IACT. And I'll put in the first thousand dollars myself. I think we can get $5,000 and create a pond, which is a whole school with training teachers and, and supporting children and giving them meals for a year. So it's like, it's a huge thing that we're able to do. And somehow it feels like then we embrace brothers and sisters and children, women, people in another part of the world that are really also part of our world. And that ends in some other little way, our sense of exile or impotence, what can we do? Because we actually are connected and we can do things. Um, and we can share our blessings. So I hope that you can support that. And more than that, I won't speak to you till the new year has come sometime in January. I really hope you have blessed holidays that you wait in the darkness and listen in that fertile darkness, the beautiful darkness, you know, and know that there's a light that you can trust just as the sun will come back, that there's a possibility if we listen that's only limited by our own hearts. So thank you. Thank you for your kindness, your attention, your own meditation and care for whatever donations you offer. And if somehow I saw in the chat that there's a glitch about donation, just look for I act, I, small I, large ACT, you will find it. But more than that, it's just wonderful to see you all and imagine somehow that we were in a room sharing cookies and smiles and touching one another and writing our intentions. And in a way we are in that, even in this fashion. Thank you and good night. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.